We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What up, everybody? It is 10 a.m. in the District of Columbia. I'm listening to B. Mitch and Finley. He's an NFL legend. I'm a blogger. Good morning, Brian. How do you do? I am fantabulous. You got it in this weekend, huh? Yeah, 70 I'm miles a little, on the I'm bike. Tired right now. I think I did did about seventy on the bike and about total of uh, ten on the treadmill from Saturday to today. While that's impressive, I have a more impressive feat for you. What you got? I drove to and from Raleigh, North Carolina, which means mm-hmm. navigating the Devil's Highway between D.C. and Richmond on I-95 South. Mm-hmm. You know how much traffic I hit between. Between D.C. and Raleigh and back? None. None. Yeah. Dude, so the the true miracle was Thursday evening when I left. Mm-hmm. I left downtown D.C., 6.30 p.m. Yeah. Didn't hit a drip. Cruised. Because it, it was a holiday weekend. People already, they had already started to move around and get out of the way. I, man, there was bad traffic. I just paid the easy pass. I know Kenny and I did that one time when because Brid and were living down there in Garner, which is right there by Raleigh. Okay. And uh, when you buy a house in Raleigh, you you don't it don't come with a refrigerator, and when you sell it, you can keep your refrigerator. So he had Deshaun asked me to go get the refrigerator from down there because he didn't want the people that was going to get the house to have it. So Kenny and I drove down there, picked up the refrigerator, strapped it on the trailer, and drove back. That is a weird thing in <laughs> in North Carolina. Sometimes even when you rent a place, yeah, it doesn't have you bring your own refrigerator, yo, washer dryer, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nah, man, you got to buy it yourself. <laughs> I, imagine renting. When I had my apartment in Wilmington, I remember they were like, "Well, do you have do you have your utilities?" And I was like, "You mean like set up an account with the the <laughs> water people?" They're like, "Nah, do you have a refrigerator?" I was like, "No, I didn't." Would that be funny? I didn't if travel had... down here with a fridge. <laughs> Wouldn't it be funny if you get you a uh, uh, Airbnb, and they tell you, you got to bring your refrigerator. Yeah, it's bizarre, <laughs> dude. Um, but oh, driving man. back Sunday morning, I got on the road early because I was like, the last thing I want to deal with, or I guess Saturday morning, was was traffic on 95. So it was it was solid. Everything the, down there was the great. Was, it was Saturday or Friday. Saturday night. Yeah, Friday. Saturday night. So you came so Sunday I drove morning. back Sunday morning, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm a little screwed up because of the, the yeah. uh, holiday. Um, everything was great. Except for the the actual game, game. the Caps got the game their ass wasn't that good. And then the the logistics. The I here's what I don't understand, Brian. They played the game at NC State's football stadium. Mm-hmm. They play football games there. Yeah, they're accustomed to the crowds that come to football yeah. games, and it's more than you got in a hockey game. So, what in the hell happened? The traffic dealing with this stadium was worse than FedEx Field. I'm telling you, I'm not exaggerating. It was an absolute disaster. The people that normally do it probably wasn't the people that was doing that for that game. I I think, and I don't know, but I'm going to name some names here. I think the NHL rolls in. And, and try to over, take and over everything. The, the, the big swing in Richard, right? They're like, yeah. oh, no, we're in charge of this. You locals have no idea what you're doing. And then they screw it up. Disaster, dude. Like, I know when I went to the, uh, what was it? 
All-Star game in Atlanta. And what what sport? Basketball. There's a basketball one. Okay. And then also the Super Bowl. Okay, Atlanta already has tons of, tra- of traffic. So you're going to bring in another 100,000, 300,000 people, and then you're going to cut off over half of the streets. And they were wondering why was it so much traffic. If you got, I'm going to just throw out something. You got 300,000 people and you have 300 streets. And then you have 120 streets open and 180 are closed. And now you got 600,000 people. What does that mean? You're going to have a lot of damn traffic, don't you? (laughs) I mean, it was, I got out the car, went up about five, six blocks to a hotel to pick up some tickets, came back, (laughs) and my man had went about a block. Dude, I mean, you remember the Atlanta Super Bowl? Good luck. Ice Storm. <laughs> no, the last one we were at wasn't an ice no, storm. That was. We, we walked around and did a lot of stuff there. Yeah, but you're better off walking yeah. than anything. Because the one I went with the ice, that was a little treacherous. So, the, I'll be honest. I had a media credential, so I could kind of get in and out of different gates. Mm-hmm. The people that had to wait in line. Like, I know Erin from the station went. I'm curious how it went for her. The lines to get into that stadium were unbelievable dude like uh, i think they had probably 50,000 people and they only opened three or four gates so just i mean do the math uh, and everybody's got to get searched and all that it was it was wild man it was wild i uh so that was the caps game it was a lot of fun caps didn't have their A game, and the Hurricanes were fired up. That crowd was electric. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the atmosphere of- was – I heard uh, Jason talking about it earlier about how pregame, how the, the atmosphere was hype. Dude, it, it was. Then the game started, and if you were a Cavs fan, you go, oh, Lord, what happened? Yeah. Did we give up – we get up, lose all our energy in the, in the pregame? The the second period was – I think they gave up three goals in the second. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a disaster of a game, but – a lot of Caps fans down there, a lot of lot of good cheering and everything. I mean, I just walking around Raleigh the night before and then the next day, it was it was pretty it was pretty electric. So let's get down to what happened Friday about the same time. We knew it was gonna happen when we got off yeah. the air. Oh yeah. I said it would happen by seven o'clock. Sure enough, it happened about six, five forty five, something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe it was even earlier than that. But Eric Bieniemy is now the official offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. Yeah. Thursday press conference for Bieniemy out in Ashburn. We'll be out there. Uh, initial reaction, B. I'm happy for him. You know, I'm happy. Um, I'm I, I'm I'm not going to say I'm shocked because a lot of stuff went into him signing. Uh, I think a lot was given, and he got a lot of. Uh, what he wants, they're going to have to go out and get some offensive linemen. I believe that. Uh, but anytime you can improve, whether the players or the coaching on this team, I'm happy about it. And I think now they have a chance. You know, you're going to hear the naysayers and people that are being haters and saying, saying different stuff. But ultimately, I, tru- I truly believe that it's a major step towards the right direction. For sure. For sure. I, I think there are reasons to ask some questions about all this. But if, if your initial reaction isn't just to be thrilled that mm-hmm. somehow this dude landed in Washington. Yeah. 
it seems confusing. I just think, like, you know, you had an offensive coordinator. It wasn't getting anything done. You got a guy who's been around a, a, a team that's been in the Super Bowl three times in five years. Um, people can act as if – I know a lot of people are trying to discredit him, per se. But the man that was running – that's in charge, Andy Reid. Right. I've been with him. I've been in three years of meetings with him. I watch how he does things. I watch how he does things in the, in practice. I don't think Andy is the type going to sit here and tell you lies about what he believes about somebody. I don't believe Andy would sell a lie to Ron. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think a lot of that connection of that relationship of Ron and Andy had a lot to do with him coming here. I also believe, and I think I'm telling you, as that connection with him and Martin, that little – the fraternity that fraternity thing. thing, don't discredit that for sure. But ultimately, I just think that it's a disgrace that certain people in this league got to jump through certain hoops to be respected totally. And a lot of people aren't, you know. Uh, and and that's, that's the only thing that I'm kind of pissed at, that I'm pissed that he had to come to Washington to try and prove himself before he could get the next step. Is but it, I'm happy that he's here. Right. You know what I'm saying? Is it – so the one thing that has kind of emerged over the last few – what I'm most fascinated to hear is Biennemi on Thursday when he gets asked, why'd you come here? I, I can't wait to hear that answer. Yeah. I think the Mahomes <clears> – <throat> leaving Mahomes, leaving Kelsey, leaving Andy, I can wrap my head around all of that to whether or not he should. He shouldn't. But <clears> – <throat> if he feels that he had to strike out on his own to, to prove to the world that he can run the I'll give you an analogy. Okay. You're living with your mom and dad. They live in a 10,000-square-foot house. Everything you have in one is right there, right? But you keep coming in at 3.30 in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, they're pissed off. You're beyond 18, 21 years old now. You think you're a man, but guess what? You still live with your parents. So your parents say, if you want to, do this, if you want to run your own stuff, you need to leave, move out of our damn house then. All right? So what do you do? You're not going to find a 10,000-square-foot house, right? So you're going to go find something that's a little shabbier <laughs> or a lot <laughs> a lot shab- more shabby than what it was at, the, at, the, at your mom and dad's house. Then you move into your own house, and then you begin to do stuff. And then you realize what your parents have been telling you all the while about responsibilities and things of that nature. Now you got to wash your own clothes and all this. And then you start to grow up as a man. And then all of a sudden, now you're living in a 5,000-square-foot house. Or something like that. You're getting closer, but you're starting to get better. So you sometimes you got to hit rock bottom, or go to something that's less attractive, to move up to where you want to go. Am I right? Yeah. And I think that's basically the way because the it's not his fault. It's the league's fault how they handle stuff. These owners that don't want to hire certain people unless you do certain things because there's too many people that just step into jobs, and they don't have the level of success he's had. Or even they're not even affiliated with that level of success. So that's and, and I think part of the reason he had to come in and then, you know, the assistant head, coach tie, all that little stuff, whatever, boom. But the whole thing is getting into something to where you're gonna either fall flat on your face or you're gonna begin to move. I hear all of it. I'm I that all sounds totally correct. There's one thing that emerged over the last 24, maybe 48 hours mm-hmm. that I find odd. 
And I don't know that this has been reported anywhere else besides Aaron Wilson, who covers the NFL for Pro Football Network down in Houston. Mm -hmm. But I saw this over the weekend, and I was like, what the hell? I'm just going to read you his tweet. Chief Senior Offensive Assistant Quarterbacks Coach Matt Nagy is expected to be elevated to Offensive Coordinator after Eric Bieniemy was hired by the Commanders, per league sources. Mm-hmm. That part makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. This next part is weird. Mm-hmm. Nagy is a top candidate to eventually replace Andy Reid, per sources. Succession plan likely in next three years. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no different than what you've seen, Jay. Why wouldn't the enemy stay and be the successor? Because that ownership probably won't hire the enemy. They'll hire Nagy, but they won't hire the enemy. Oh, you could be you could be my offensive coordinator, but you can't be my head coach. We we I mean we we let's not act like this is not what's been going on for the longest. You know there are a lot of play, teams where you can be the running back, the wide receiver, but they don't want you to be the quarterback. There's a lot of teams where you can be in certain positions, but you cannot be the head coach. This is what this league has been doing for years. This is nothing new. You know, they Matt Nagy was there. He left and got a head coaching job. Oh, so he's in. He's in the in the end now. He's in that good old boy network. But Eric B. Enemy, oh no, no, that's not. We like you as a behind Andy Reid, but we don't want you to be the guy sitting in Andy Reid's chair. I mean, I mean, we we could gloss over the the fact that it's been happening like that. I, I think the Chiefs had Herman Edwards before Andy Reid, so they've had a black head coach. I understand. Yeah, yeah I, I'm uh, just it's worth pointing but, out. But, but like we know, black head coaches get jobs and then they never get them again. They some of them get and every every once in a while another one could get a job. A lot of times it doesn't happen that way. So I don't think it's strange. I just think that it's that it's was the first thing on. that seems strange to me because. You can argue the argument why EB came here. Look at what options he had by the time the Super Bowl got done. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine he's going to work for the Cardinals after he just worked the guy they hired for head coach in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I, I'll never understand how you can watch that game and pick the defensive coach for the Eagles over the offensive coach for the Chiefs. Right. I, I mean, that's just asinine to me. The Bucks job. People may not agree with me on this. That, that's a bigger mess than Washington. You got huge salary cap problems. No idea who your quarterback's going to be. Yeah. Offensive line problems. Aging skill position guys. Like the DC's a, offensive coordinator is a better job than Tampa. You got you got a lot I of good skill, uh, skill positions here. Right. This job, if you can overhaul the line, overhaul the line, quick, and then either you got to believe in how develop how. Or find you somebody else that can hold on until you get somebody if you don't believe in how. I think <laughs> I uh some something crazy just popped up on my computer. It's a uh it says, Remember, even porn stars love Alex Ovechkin. And it's a <laughs> it's a picture of Ovi and Mia Khalifa. Uh <laughs> I think <laughs> the B enemy coming here, I, I can make total sense of it. Mm-hmm. What does he say? What is who? I, I can't. I am fascinated by 
typically in these situations, he'll give like an opening statement or Ron will give a statement and then Eric will get up there and give a statement and just say how excited he is. And then he's going to answer some questions. Mm-hmm. And I, from checking in with folks, I, I, I do believe the plan is to roll with Howell. And, and maybe you add a Tyrod or a, or any of the McCown brothers still playing. Like you, 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 you get you can find somebody. You get a veteran QB that that has been around and is familiar with this situation. Because you got to have some sort of plan in case it goes poorly with Hal. Mm-hmm. I do. I do think most Commanders fans are just assuming it's going to go great. Automatically, I think the enemy's creative offense, the red zone creativity, all these things should be. If Commanders fans are excited, I think you should be. This is exciting. I think a lot of people are, are are very much excited. The majority that I've read, I've been looking at a lot of the social media over the weekend, the majority is excited. I don't know how you couldn't be. But then there are the people that I see that they always go against what everybody else is doing, and they're always looking for the one thing that they can just build on. And when nobody really goes along with them, they get pissed. And when people go along with them, the little three or four people that go along with them, then they they, they feel like, oh, yeah, I got me a little crew now. You know, they go out there with a little crew and they try to handle their business. But the majority has been happy. I bet it's, I mean, in a town where everything's divided and with a football team where nobody ever agrees, I would say this is damn near unanimous. Oh, yeah. It's, right? it's, it's much closer to that than it is the other way. And it should be. This dude just had a comeback win in the Super Bowl where he was calling the plays. <laughs> and is their setup a little different? Maybe. Does Andy have a ton of say? Obviously. We need to stop discounting his level of importance. See, the thing of it is, like, people act as if Andy Reid didn't have that headset on when he was in Philly and everywhere else before. When he started giving, like, he had offense coordinators in Philly. He had quarterback coaches in Philly. They had power to do stuff as well. But as an offensive uh, play call in the offensive mind, he's the head coach. He does have the right to over override some stuff at times, and he does sometimes. And he was a guy who was an install guy when I was in Philly, you know, because I told you the story when I was in the, I was in the room and he was installing the uh, stuff. And he told the guy, wake up, be Mitch, because, you know, I was out. And he said, How, what would you do on this play? And I look at the play. I answered it correctly. He said, now, when y'all can do like he did, you can sleep in the meetings too. I went back to sleep. But guess what? That is what he did. He's an install guy. So now all the little things that are popping up by individuals <laughs> who I think have an ax to grind because they got chastised and disciplined you know what I mean? I think that's it. Just it's funny to me, but hey, it's like imagine this. And we'll play that later. Yeah, imagine this. I'm just imagine this. CK comes in here and gets on you, and you listen to him and you start doing what he says. But then I'm gonna go somewhere and tell somebody, "All right, man, he ain't the right. He was getting on JP. JP didn't get mad. Why the hell should I? You know what I mean? Right. I think that's where we gotta start looking at stuff because. It's too many people on that squad that have spoken positively and in the in the right mindset. And then all of a sudden, I, I watch the dynamics of stuff. 
One dude said something, and everybody just thought, see? See what he said? So y'all just dismiss everybody else. The people that are way more credible than the person that's saying the, the negative thing. If you're unfamiliar with what B. Mitch is talking about, LaShawn McCoy had a lot of things to say about Eric Bieniemy. None of them positive. You're going to hear that. You're also going to hear. Oh, but he's pulling for him, though, because he's a black coach. You're also going to hear other players <laughs> that speak highly of EB. There's there's a lot of moving parts with this, but I think it boils down to this. If Bieniemy ever wants to become a head coach, it clearly wasn't happening as the offense coordinator of the Chiefs. Whether that is just overt racism or whether that is people attribute the success to Reed and Mahomes, ain't no Reed, ain't no Mahomes here. So (laughs) if you can make it work here, people talk about betting on themselves. Mm -hmm. If you can make it work here, you will prove to the world you can make it work anywhere. Another place where it works, the cloakroom, nominated multiple times for best overall gentleman's club in the country, and it just got even better. Located at 5th and K Northwest, the Cloakroom is the first gentleman's club in the U.S. to have a sports book. You can place wagers at traditional betting windows or kiosks while enjoying the entertainment. If you're not into that, you can just take the elevator up to the fourth floor of the beautiful year-round climate-controlled sportsbook and lounge called Over Under. It has a state-of-the-art retractable roof and TVs showing all the NFL games. Enjoy hard-to-find liquor, Bloody Marys, bourbons, mimosas, transfusions. They got drink specials every Weekend, cloakroomdc.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.